Welcome back to the Disruptors Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Johnson. The hotel industry is full of opportunities to leverage innovative new technologies. And my guest today has made it his mission to help hotels navigate the solutions that are out there and to provide objective, unbiased advice. His name is Jordan Hollander. He's the co-founder of Hotel Tech Report. And in this episode, we talk about the unique operating structure of hotels and the challenges that that presents to innovation. Uh, We discuss how one hotel in particular is navigating those challenges and doing some very novel things. And we get into dozens of solutions that smart hotels are using to make their teams more effective and to improve the guest experience. Uh, And with that, let's say hi to Jordan. So Jordan, why don't we uh, just start with kind of maybe your background a little bit and how you kind of came to start a Hotel Tech Report. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Sean. Uh, so, you know, my background was uh, actually mostly in investment management where I was a stock analyst focusing on consumer and technology stocks. I got a little bit of an exposure to uh, the travel and, and tech side of things, investing in companies like TripAdvisor um, and some actual uh, media technology companies along the way. Um, after that, I went to work in private equity where I took some of my kind of deal analysis and due diligence skill set and actually was investing in uh, boutique hotels, mostly on the West Coast, but a little bit on the East Coast as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up going back to, to business school because my goal was to work at Starwood Hotels um, on the on a, on the partnerships team to really look at take some of the the investing and, and an analytical side of, of my experience and take it to a brand that really had scale and was something that had so many different sub brands within the portfolio that I loved and related to and 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 really do things at a different scale. So after yeah. business school, I went to work on the global partnerships team at Starwood, um, okay. and then ended up at that time my my co-founder was. Uh, working on a digital concierge business uh, while he was in business school part-time and ended up getting into an accelerator with Pritzker Venture Capital and and asked me for some help uh, along the way. So I kind of joined him, not really thinking that I would that I would do that full time, but saw some of the pain points in the the hotel industry and hotel technology industry in specific, um, seeing how difficult it was to scale hotel, uh, technology into hotels. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, how much of a negative perception in the market hotels had when it came to true innovation and adopting technology and understanding customer needs, and then really seeing how that impacted some of the disruptors and and really leaving the door wide open for the hotel industry to completely be kind of put off its rocker. And so we were working on this digital concierge business and saw some really kind of troubling dynamics in the hotel industry where you had this really kind of Uh, imbalance of information. So hoteliers didn't really understand technology. There was a huge fragmentation in terms of the number of vendors that were out there. And it was really hard to break through and and really uh, get any market share for innovative companies looking to start up. And we thought that there was a huge opportunity to not just scale a single technology into hotels, but figure out how to make the whole market more efficient. And while we were in the accelerator with Prisker Venture Capital, they had a portfolio company called G2 Crowd that was basically a, a ratings and review site for yeah. the long tail of software. And we thought that that, you know, that kind of idea had more of a relevance in the hotel technology industry than any other. But G2 Crowd and many of the other review sites out there didn't serve the market well because the hotel technology industry has 
so many different moving pieces and is so specialized. So we actually set out to create a verticalized version of some of these review sites in the early days. And uh, since we started, we have about 400 hotel technology companies using our platform to get private feedback and public mm -hmm. feedback and, and, and really bring reviews and transparency into their organization. We've got about 65,000 hoteliers around the world use our site to research different solutions. And we're really starting to, we're really just kind of scratching the surface of what it means to bring transparency and education into the hotel world, an industry that is kind of known to be a laggard in innovation. And we think that yeah. we're making some really good strides in terms of turning that around. That's great. Um, the, I, I would imagine that, that at least to a degree, um, especially, you know, you, you're talking about like Starwood and maybe some of the larger, um, hotel groups or whatever, uh, struggle with the same kinds of sort of innovation challenges that any enterprise organization would struggle with. But are there things just for folks that yeah. maybe don't know, are there, are there specific, um, challenges or problems that you've seen, uh, in th that are, that are sort of, um, specific to hospitality and hoteliers in general? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the first thing is you have a huge fixed asset base. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really hard to change the operations of a hotel just by the sheer amount of investment that goes into creating the, the product. It's not easy to iterate like software is. Mm -hmm. um, the second piece is that a hotel is a really complex operation. So if you want to try new things, um, you need to educate a huge staff that is constantly stretched thin uh, in order to implement some of those changes. So it's really hard to change. And so this is kind of starting from the granular level of the property and working our way up. Um, the next piece of that is that, you know, those that that stretched workforce is usually relatively transient and there's high turnover. So if you try a new system with one employee, that employee is likely gone within a matter of six to eight months and you need to train a, a new employee on a new software. And so there's this real unwillingness to try new things. Um, because yeah. historically, a lot of the software hasn't been intuitive. And then when you, you know, as you mentioned, as you alluded to, you have the, the kind of brand level um, of innovation. And so that's like the real challenge here is that this industry structure is very different from, you know, let's say the retail industry as an example, where Nike will own and operate its stores. Mm -hmm. Starwood Hotels, Marriott, Hilton, these guys, most, for the most part, don't actually own their properties anymore. So the way that the industry is structured is you have a high net worth individual or a real estate investment trust that often owns the hotel. You have mm -hmm. a management company who's basically put in place to manage the operations, do all the hiring. And then you have a brand who creates brand standards that are implemented by the management company at scale. And so you have this really diffuse organizational structure. So when wow. you're looking to innovate, it's really hard to figure out, OK, well, I want to do you know, in, I want to sell in-room tablets or Alexa devices to hotels. Who do I go to? Do I go to the management company who's actually involved in the day-to-day? -day? Do I go to a high net worth individual who probably knows nothing about technology and doesn't <laughs> care about my pitch because their, their <laughs> core business is something completely different from hotels? Sure. Or do I go to the brand and try and get brand approval at a global level, but then I still have to sell into each individual hotel within that brand? So it's really like a, a, a kind of strange industry structure that I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't really understand when they're getting into the space. Yeah. And it's created this really tough dynamic that a lot of the companies are trying to break through. Have you seen any examples of organizations that have managed to, I guess on both sides. So on the, on, I mean, it's not, you, you primarily are dealing with vendors. So um, vendors who have kind of figured out how to navigate that dynamic. Um, and then maybe on the other side, um, organizations on the hotel side that that 
um, have figured out ways to maybe move more quickly or who have developed a reputation for kind of being particularly innovative um, and have kind of overcome some of those challenges? And if so, you know, ways that maybe they've gone about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So the you know the first one that I that comes to mind is is a company called Highgate Hotels out of uh, New York that kind of answers both sides of that question. Okay. So Highgate Highgate in the early 2000s and and late 1990s found that the software vendors that were out there were not really serving their needs or moving quickly enough for them. And mm-hmm. so they actually started creating they started creating proprietary software products internally and they ended up spinning out some of those products and selling them to other hotels because they were such great products. So there's a oh, company called Travel Tripper that was founded within Highgate that actually does uh, digital marketing services. They have a central reservation system, which is basically like the central record for all the hotel's data. Um, and they have mm-hmm. a booking engine, which is basically like when you book on the hotel's website, that's the, the shopping cart effectively for hotels. And so they spun that out. Um, and now they've actually created Highgate Ventures where they'll invest in technology businesses that I, they think are moving the needle forward. And they actually you know, give them their install base as a proof of concept to basically accelerate and increase the value and, and really be a value-added partner for technology businesses. So Highgate has been you know, known to move really, really quickly. Um, and they do that by making investments so they have skin in the game and they really incentivize their teams to onboard new products and, and, and fail fast like Silicon Valley does. That's really, really neat. You, you mentioned a couple things there. You mentioned, um, you know, kind of reservation management systems. You mentioned kind of the need for sort of um, almost like digital agency type services. What are those, what are, what are some of the other trends that maybe you're seeing that are kind of the biggest pain points that, um, that hotels are kind of running into kind of again and again, or, or maybe that, that where you're seeing a whole bunch of vendors kind of pop up to try to solve a particular problem. Are there any trends that you're kind of seeing at a high level? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's there's a bunch of varying stats around this, but and I would say the high, the high level here is that hotels, just like the perception in the market, are generally a few years behind other industry verticals. Mm-hmm. And so and so you know you're, you'll probably get a good chuckle out of this, but one of the big trends is the shift to the cloud. Um, cause that was like a buzzword of like 2011 for other sure. industries, yeah. um, but, but we're still there. And so yeah. only under 5% from the numbers that I've seen of hotels are, are using cloud-based property management systems. Oh, and they're wow. still using, most of them are still using server-based systems. So the shift to the cloud has created, uh, there are over 750, um, by most numbers, 750, 800 property management systems out there that have sprouted up. Um, to kind of eat away at eat away at share, and so it's a super competitive market. Um, another would be digitization of operations. So again, like a, almost a laugh factor here, but many hotels are still running their operations off of like pen and paper logbooks, and so there have been tons of companies that pop up that are basically purpose-built task management and and team messaging software okay. that help hotels kind of manage their process across shifts. Um, that track maintenance requests and, and understand the lifetime of you know different furniture and fixtures within the hotel. So that's another huge trend um, along the lines of digitization. Only about seven percent of hotels today use revenue management software. So basically, running elasticity curves on different booking channels to determine the right price to the right you know prospective guests at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge trend towards using uh, external and inter- internal data sources to make better pricing recommendations. 
Um, so I'd say those are huge. And then, you know, along the lines of shifting into the cloud, a lot of systems uh, in the hotel are still very fragmented and they actually don't communicate with each other. So yeah. there's been a huge trend towards open APIs where basically vendors start by building two-way integrations with partners. And now m most vendors are moving towards a world where they have open, well-documented APIs. You also have a few companies that are popping up. There's a company out of uh, Florida called Happy that basically does on-demand uh, integration development. Uh, yeah. There's another great company out of, out of London called Impala that is basically building all the connected tissue between property management systems, which are basically the operations, uh, the operating system of hotels and, and other systems. And so you're seeing a lot, a huge movement towards like an open and, and integrated world where these systems can connect with each other. It's really quick uptime. You can try new products instead of having to have a six month implementation. So it's really just around digitization, shifting to the cloud and then integrating all those products so that you have a really streamlined workflow at the hotel. Quick break to tell you about our state of innovation study. We could use your help. Uh, just take 10 minutes to tell us uh, what you think works and doesn't in a corporate innovation environment as well as the trends and technologies that you're most excited about. All participants will receive a free copy when we publish it later this year. To participate, just visit www.digintent.com study. Now back to the podcast. Are you starting to see anything with, you know, like the equivalent of like a like a Salesforce or an SAP or something like that, where they they they, they sort of got a toehold in the market with one sort of primary product and then are kind of pursuing like a, you know, almost like a Borg kind of strategy where they're we're going to we're going to become we're going to become everything and solve all of these different problems for people um, at the same time. Is that happening or do you see that happening in the future or, or yeah, is it still so super, super fragmented? Yeah, so it's super fragmented, but there are, um, and probably the, the third company that you were going to mention was probably Oracle. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oracle Oracle is has the leading market share in property management systems, um, much more focused on the enterprise side of things. But they've started to, they built out modules that will manage other aspects of the hotel through through an, uh, an acquisition of a company called Micros, I think back in like 20, 2009 or around that time. Okay. And so they have a huge market share. Um, and then the kind of two giants in the space, publicly traded companies are Sabre and Amadeus, which are really moving to build um, what they call their hospitality cloud solutions. So, you know, Amadeus has, a, uh, has acquired a, a series of companies that do different things throughout the hotel. Um, they now have their own property management system. They are they have sales. Basically, uh, they have a partnership with Salesforce to develop verticalized sales software for the hotel industry, selling into you know, group business like JP Morgan and manage those accounts. Um, and so you do see an element of that in the market. Um, but with the the kind of interoperability of these systems, that that kind of paradigm, it, it seems like is is coming to an end um, yeah. just because of the sheer fact that you have these huge players who control a ton of the market, which means that the hotels are often paying exorbitant fees for things that should be much cheaper um, and things that should be evolving much faster. So there's definitely been a, a huge movement towards some of these. I don't want to say startups to kind of indicate that there's, you know, a few a few teammates in a garage in Silicon Valley, <laughs> but startups that are, you know, companies like Alice out of uh, New York that just crossed 100 employees and has raised 30 million dollars to build operation software. There's a company called Muse Systems um, out of Prague that's doing an incredible job 
completely reinventing the property management system and making digital payments a thing in hotels and they have their own partner marketplace with their that connects with their open API. So they have all these different features that are developed by other companies and they focus on doing what they do best, which is create a, an incredible property management system that's super intuitive, easy to use. And when you have that transient staff, they learn it in no time. It seems like there'd be, you know, um, we're, I would imagine like every other sort of space, like you're, they're seeing um, a lot of investment potentially on the, on, on, on the sort of big data side of things. And I think probably specifically like with, with IOT and the relationship between kind of IOT and big data, are you seeing anything around that? Like, I would think that, you know, if you could track my movement, for example, through the, the hotel um, or even potentially kind of in my room or whatever through connected devices and then kind of be able to leverage that to kind of personalize an experience or improve an offering. Do you, do you see anything like that? Um, or, is it still yeah, early? You know, I, I think yes to both. So it's it's definitely mm-hmm. still early, but companies are starting to play much more in the in the IoT space. The real challenge is that when you start talking about those connected devices, it takes you know material investments on the part of owners to upgrade their existing install base or portfolio of hotels. So a lot of that innovation is really happening when it comes to new development of luxury properties that can command really high rates and the guests are expect you know the guests are high net worth individuals who expect the same kind of you know uh, TV and room controls that they have at home. So when it comes to IoT, actually, I would say that a lot of the a lot of the innovation in the hotel world and especially in this space comes from uh, the gaming market. So the gaming oh, market is obviously yeah it's extremely lucrative. And the interesting part is when you think about kind of IoT. So if I could you know, track someone's movement through a hotel, what would I really do with that? But if I can track someone's movement through a casino, I can make them targeted offers to play certain slot machines or, you know, give them freebies and things like that. And so there's a lot more, uh, I guess there's a lot more opportunity and monetary value in gaming. So the innovations usually start with gaming and then they trickle down to the rest of the hotel world. Have you seen anything like along similar lines around, I think you mentioned kind of connecting the team and it sounded like that was mostly around the idea of kind of shifts, new new people coming in and different people leaving, kind of communicating in mass. Um, anything like around like wearables where you're seeing kind of, hey, we know so-and-so is going to be down for their car in 10 minutes, you know, valet, can we go ahead and get them? Um, has there been any adoption around kind of wearable devices and being able to kind of connect service staff with each other to kind of more effectively service clients, that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's been there's been you know a few kind of uh, early innovations in wearables, but they've actually been on the staff side of the business. So historically, staff have obviously walked around with walkie-talkies and communicated that way around requests, and it, that kind of leads to a lot of things slipping between the cracks. And so, like that company Alice out of New York that I had mentioned, um, they right. now have a, a smartwatch application so that. You can outfit your staff with smartwatches. They can see requests. They can, you know, track whether they've completed it or assign it to a team member, um, and see kind of the lifetime of different maintenance requests. You know, should, how often should we replace a couch in a given room? Um, how many, you know, issues or you know, dings are we seeing in that? And so, a lot of the innovation on wearables has been on the on the staff side. Um, and guess is is definitely early. I haven't seen too much around kind of guest wearables. I know Marriott's 
they, they, you know, Marriott and some of the bigger companies will, they'll put out press releases about some innovation labs that they have, but it'll usually (laughs) be like, they'll put beacons in one hotel in a test market and, and see how it works. And it usually doesn't go anywhere. And it's great that they do that. But in terms of really getting traction, again, coming back to that dynamic that we talked about, you know, how, if you're Marriott and you want to have beacons in your hotels, that's great, but you still need to convert, you need to either a take that out of your revenue or B, you need to convince owners that they need to invest in it and prove a real ROI. So, you know, yeah. on the on the wearable side, I think the enterprise is going to be the first place that tries it. But, you know, because a one-off hotel, they're not going to have the bandwidth or the technical team to implement and really have confidence in it. So I think it just takes time to really have a test case that really kind of aligns the, you know, the job to be done and, and kind of a product market fit within the hotel. Are you seeing anything interesting from like an omni-channel perspective so i mean you know like you talked about crm a little bit or the equivalent of crm uh but you know kind of taking what i taking what i do or don't do from the website uh and translating that to my experience on property or vice versa based on what i do on the property kind of translating that to kind of personalizing my future kind of online booking experience i'm sure you know email they're probably they're probably pretty current in terms of how they personalize offerings based on previous clicks and things like that. But anything, you know, to kind of bridge the online and offline worlds. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's there's a whole category of of companies that have sprouted up uh, called direct booking platforms. And so the initial kind of product around that was a company called Triptease that has done an incredible job. And I think they have somewhere around 30,000 hotels globally within just like five or six years since they since they came up but the whole the whole thesis kind of sprouted it started out as looking at you know booking.com if i get a booking through booking.com you know as a hotelier i'm going to pay 20 percent commission to them as an independent hotelier and if i get it through my website i'm paying nothing so how do i get people to book through my website more frequently and the initial product was they just had a pop-up on the hotel website that would compare the hotel's website with booking.com so that guests who are coming to research the hotel on, on their site wouldn't go back to booking and purchase for you know the convenience of it. And so they yeah. could advertise that they were gonna get a better experience if they booked direct. And so the way that that evolved into kind of the, you know, the, the customer relationship management and, and analytics side of things is the next iteration of that tool was building website analytics and using uh, click behavior and uh, referral links to figure out uh, how do you send a personalized message to that guest and really understand the guest uh, as they're browsing your website, not just when they get to your hotel. And so the next the next iteration or kind of like add on to that was adding live chat onto the hotel's website so that you can basically have people asking questions about the local area and communicating directly with the front office team on site. Um, and so you start gathering all this data and then when the, when the guest gets to property, you integrate that with uh, your, your property systems and you can see a lot of information about that guest by the time that they get there. Got um, it. The other, the other, the other aspect that's been really interesting is, uh, and I've had a ton of VCs reach out to me asking for advice on, you know, they, they see this huge white market in terms of a verticalized CRM for hotels, and yeah. no, and not too many players serving the market well historically, um, and so you saw, um, I think it was, I think it was Excel and KKR that invested a, a significant growth round in a company called Sendine out of Florida that does CRM. And it started out really just looking at recency, frequency, monetary value, and and trying to uh, and trying to send email campaigns to guests at the right time. 
And now more and more companies who really have access to unique data sets are starting to get into this space. So there's a company called Revenade out of San Francisco that started out as helping, it's, it's, it was a reputation management software. And so they started out helping hotels manage TripAdvisor and MetaSearch reviews and all that at scale right. and reply yeah. to them and all that stuff. So now they have the guest data and now they're starting to connect that into a CRM product. So you can use, the, you could use data and insights from reviews online and you can use that to determine what your email marketing strategy is going to be. So that's been, that's been a huge component of how they're using data and how they're starting to collect information about guests to, to kind of personalize the experience and, and a lot of times acquire more customers. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple of things there, both around like, you know, the Expedia's of the world and as well as kind of these review sites like TripAdvisor and things like that. It seems like um, all of that stuff would potentially change how loyalty works, I would think, and, and, and most likely make people sort of less brand loyal. Is that is that accurate or not accurate from kind of what you've seen? And if so, you know, is there anything that, that you're seeing hotels are kind of trying to do to to sort of alleviate that or, or to kind of recapture some of that loyalty? Yeah, I think um, I, I, I think it's definitely one of the biggest worries that the brands have is is that that kind of decline of brand loyalty, you know, in general. And it's and I think that the dynamic you point out, it's a great point. Like when you disintermediate on the booking experience and you really commoditize the offerings and historically you know before these kind of meta search reviews and ota sites came about my option was a i choose a brand that i know or option b it's a total crapshoot and maybe i have a travel agent recommend it but if not i don't know what i'm getting when i get there and i don't want to risk that on my vacation and now what those sites have done is they've brought transparency a lot like we're doing to to our to our you know kind of facet of the industry and yeah. so now instead of saying brand or I don't know what the heck I'm going to get, it's brand or I know that I, you know, the brand is just in line with what's the price, what's the quality, what it, what segments are going there. And so I think it definitely decreases brand value. And, you know, in tandem with that, you've had this kind of catalyst or this fire that's put on it of an explosion of brands. So, you know, Marriott today, especially with the Starwood acquisition, I think they have something like 35 or 40 brands. And wow. the reason that that's happening is because in the late, uh, in the early 2000s, you started to see these hotel companies sell off their assets to have more capital efficient operations and, uh, and businesses with higher return on equity for their investors. So by offloading all the assets on their balance sheet, they were just taking in management fees and really looked like service businesses that were highly scalable. Oh, interesting. So what happened was you had a, basically what we call in the industry a flag race. So the development teams from all these different companies were going out and trying to put their flags and brand these properties. And what's the real cost to Starwood to add a new St. Regis into the portfolio? It's nothing. It's all incremental. And so they're going to go put a St. Regis flag, give them the brand standards, plug them into the distribution network. And so what happens when you have, you know, not necessarily with the St. Regis brand, you don't have this problem. But with Marriott is you go out into Atlanta and you sell an owner to put a Marriott flag on it. And now you get another opportunity for a real estate development and you need to scale quickly. So you want to pitch an owner down the street that they should put a Marriott, but you can't do that because of your brand standards. You can't have two Marriott's within a three block radius. Yeah. And so you have to create a new brand so that you can increase your market share. So now they've created all these brands so that they can go out and cross sell to different owners in the same market. <laughs> and it, it becomes diluted for the owners. Yeah. So not just on the, on the consumer side, like the consumer value proposition for a brand is you know, it's, it's much, it's, it's declined a lot, but from an owner perspective, 
Marriott's going to come to me who owns a hotel in Venice, California, where I'm based. And now they're going to say, oh, we, we, we don't have a Marriott, but we have, uh, you know, we have a uh, share it. We, we can put a Sheraton flag on it. It's like, well, hey, guys, you're plugging me into the same distribution channel. Who's to say that you're I, that you're not going to cannibalize my business when Marriott becomes a better, you know, more profitable channel for you? And yeah. so both on the consumer side, you know, the disintermediation that you talk about is diluted brand value. And on the owner side, as an owner, you know, you have to pay these exorbitant brand fees. And what are you really getting for that? That's the, that's the real question that a lot of these brands are struggling with. Um, but these are all kind of relatively new problems. And just the change in business model for the Marriott's and Hilton's of the world has enabled them to have, you know, really immense growth, even in, in the presence of an Airbnb and, and the Expedias. So fortunately, everybody's winning right now and, and travel's moving up. But it's, it's a real question that, that those guys are going to have to address. What are, I guess, as you, you know, looking kind of to the future, what are, what do you think is kind of most exciting um, from an innovation perspective in this space? I mean, is there, are there technology that's emerging or solutions that are emerging? Like what, what, what do you think, uh, what do you think the landscape's going to look like call it five years from now? Yeah, I think it's, it's really about um, a unified experience. So figuring out how do you deliver the conveniences in the consumer world into the hotel? So there's companies that are sprouting up that are doing uh, basically bring your own device into the hotel room for your entertainment system. So historically, you had to pay 20 bucks for a pay-per-view movie. Now you can just instantly log in with your Netflix. And when you check out of the hotel, you log out or get Hulu or, you know, kind of yeah. like a Roku for the hotel. Um, yeah. I think guest, guest messaging and CX, there's a company out of L.A. here called Whistle that does an incredible job just making it so that guests never have to call and go on wait to get and get with room service or to book a spa appointment or to get with the front desk or, you know, get an engineer to come to the room and fix something. Whistle will help, you know, completely streamline that and, and integrate it with the with the task management software also. And then on the consumer side, there's uh, at least on, you know, like I said, a lot of the innovation comes in from luxury and from gaming and then trickles down. Some of the luxury properties we're seeing are, are really working with technology to create innovative experiences. So obviously, design is a huge part of the value proposition of a hotel, especially mm -hmm. in the age of Instagram. And we're seeing some of these um, really high-end properties start experimenting with actually digital art. So taking really high-end fine art and how do you animate it and create a really immersive experience. So there's a company out of LA called, uh, called Wrapped that's uh, right here in Venice Beach, and they're doing basically these for these a lot of these developers are basically putting in these $10,000 ultra high res screens into their lobbies so that when you oh, walk wow. in there's just that wow factor yeah. and what the, what these guys at Raptor are doing is they're creating ultra high res art they're taking the art that they've been do they've been doing commercially and they they have art in you know hundreds of hotels around the world and now they're starting to digitize that so they're using the same technology that Game of Thrones is using to create the dragons and the CGI and they're starting to animate art to create a really big wow factor when you get into a hotel. So we're seeing that trend really take off in the luxury market. And you'll see it in, you know, in office buildings as well. But hotels is a huge market where, you know, you have hyper competitive market. You're trying to differentiate and create a really, you know, amazing experience. And there's that golden walkway of when you walk in the hotel, how do you really create something that's unique? And I, I think digital art has been a, a huge trend that, that these developers are using to, to create that X factor. That's really, really cool. Well, I, th I think that's everything. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. How can folks, uh, if they want to learn more, 
uh, about you or about how Tough Tech Report, um, where, where can I send them? Yeah, check us out. It's uh, hoteltechreport.com. And we're, you know, we're always looking to help hoteliers figure out the best solutions for their needs. And we don't think, we think that uh, hotel technology is not and should not be rocket science. And so we just want to make it easy. So recommend any hotel comes to our site and checks it out. And, you know, it's always free and, and we're here constantly getting feedback and, and helping properties really optimize that experience, take share from competitors and really differentiate their products. My guest today was Jordan Hollander, co-founder of Hotel Tech Report. Be sure to check out our show notes at digintent.com slash Jordan. And that wraps up another episode of The Disruptors. For more advice on how to become a disruptor in your organization, visit us at www.digintent.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, would love a quick review on iTunes or Anchor or uh, whatever podcast platform you're using. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend.